everyone and welcome to All Blaze No Glory, the podcast. Um, I'm sorry I didn't do a preview podcast of the Scotland-South Africa game, how it would have probably filled you with more hope than the game actually um, lived up to. Uh, so <laughs> probably just as well I didn't get anyone's hopes up. Um, I did think we'd do slightly better against South Africa. I didn't necessarily think we'd win. Um, my heart obviously said that I thought we could win head always in the back of my mind thought that South Africa were just going to be that little bit too strong for us. Um, physically, they dominated us. It's a style of play that we just don't seem to deal with well um, when it's done well. If a team's not great at it, like England trying to play like that, I think we're all over them and we win that game. But South Africa are so good at it that, you know, we don't win that game. And if you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about, I'm talking about the game uh, that we just saw from uh, South Africa against Scotland in the World Cup. Um, I'm sorry, my puppy is now woken up. She's come in the room. And I'm just making sure she's not biting anything she shouldn't be. Um, and then I'll, uh, we'll, we'll get back to, to speaking about the podcast. And just like that, it's seamless, isn't it? Um, she uh, had found that her bag of food was actually here. Um, and I managed to get out of the way before she started rustling it um, and paused everything. So we're, we're back on track. So anyway... Um, I'm here to talk to you about the Scotland-South Africa um, World Cup group game. Um, for those of you who don't know, I've done a Fraternising with Enemy episode where I spoke to AP of the um, South African rugby Twitter fame um, and uh, we chatted through the game. Um, being honest, I thought Scotland would fire more of a shot. I thought we'd get at least one try. Um, but anyway, look, let's look back at the game a little bit and talk a little bit about the other stuff that's happened over the weekend. Um, so first things first in our game... Um, I th- actually thought we we managed the start of the game pretty well. I know that South Africa were all over us and they were over us for the, the main part, but it showed a great amount of respect that despite the pressure, they took the points. Um, the first two opportunities, three opportunities they got, of course, Libok missed one um, because we were defending really well. Um, and I think that's a, overall throughout the game, apart from the two tries that South Africa got, I would say that defensively, whilst we were getting beaten up, um, and I'm going to say this right out, South Africa were illegal at many of their attacking rucks, as were we probably, but, I mean, there was one ruck where Kobe <laughs> tried to clear, missed, and actually dragged the player out by the back of his jersey, right in front of the referee, um, but we'll get to the referee, because there should be a whole section dedicated to him and his performance today, Um but the main thing was that we were living with them physically. They only scored one try where they went through the middle of us in the game. Um, and to be honest with you, I think that was a bit of a mistake from um, Sione Tuopolotto. I think he should have hit the legs first. He was going forward and he tried to sort of man on ball, um, which was the wrong call for me if he'd hit low and then the other players could have come in and support. I think we stopped him before a line. But maybe we just delayed the inevitable because South Africa are so powerful when they get in that position there's a chance they're going to score. Um, the other try, it's one of these ones, great cross-field kick. Um, it comes off, it's beautifully done. Aranzi's hitting it at full pace. There's there's no chance of stopping that. I mean, um, so, yeah, I think the things that, that's the one positive of the game. The defence was good. It showed that Finn Russell can defend because everyone talks about him being not a very good defender. I mean, his tap tackle to save a try, his tackle on Colby, those were both try saving interventions, so 
there was a lot of um, positives, I think, but it was all on the defensive side of the ball, which was largely because South Africa didn't let us do anything else um, for most of the game. And anyway, the game started off okay. I'm going to skip the Creel incident until later on because obviously that's one of the big talking points. Um, where we done badly was the start of the second half. Um, and it seems to be a real problem. It was the problem against France away in the warm-ups. Um, we seem to switch off and we can't, despite how good we can be and how we can live with these teams, we just can't play for 80 minutes. And it's almost like, well, we came out of the, the, the end of the first half and we had just basically pulled South Africa's pants down in the scrum. Um, and... I'm saying this right, we'll get, again, we'll get to more of this a little bit later. It was a straight drive from Scotland, everyone going forward. And we had just done that. And then we switch off and, so, you know, we come in the second half and we kind of switch off. Obviously, Gardner's, you know, not quite sure. He's pulling lottery tickets for scrum penalties. He hasn't a clue what he's doing. But we've got to stop switching off. Um, for brief periods in the game. If we can do that, if you take away those sort of 15, 20 minutes that start the second half, that game, at best for South Africa, finishes maybe 9-3 because they would they, they, they got two tries and they didn't, you know, but they would have been kicking points more, you know, we kind of gave them that lead. Unfortunately, the difference between South Africa and France is that we gave them the lead and we weren't able to take it back from South Africa or they weren't able to give us it back. So we, our biggest problem isn't that we were terrible for the whole game. Yeah, we were stifled at our attack. One of our biggest problems is we're very lightweight compared to other teams. And I don't mean that just in size because obviously we're big bodies, but we don't seem to have this physicality that when we play like a South Africa or an Ireland, we can just bust holes from the stand and starts. Um... We are not, I would say that we don't cheat enough um, and that's something else I'll come on to later on. Um, but I think, the, you know, our biggest problem isn't, it's got to be those minutes we switch off. So after half time, we should have come out with a bit of confidence. We were kicking off, go make a chase, make a good hit, get over that, you know, make South Africa have a difficult exit and get in their face and, and instead... We um, we essentially came out and gave South Africa two reasonably quick scores and we didn't let them score again. And South Africa never looked back, though. There was, you know, points in the game where you could see, like, the South African players smiling because they could see how hard Scotland were working just to, to get anything positive. Um, so, yeah, OK, fair enough. Let's move on from from talking about, like, the Scotland performance, I think. It's fair to say that we were, we were stifled by a great defensive effort, a team that planned loads for us, and we hadn't clearly factored that in. We tried to play a bit like Finn did when he came on against the Lions and opened them up, but the reason that worked was because the Lions were game planning for Dan... Eh, sorry, the Springboks were Dan, game planning for Dan Bigger, not Finn Russell. The Springboks knew that Finn Russell was going to be playing. They were ready for Finn Russell, um, and they knew the type of stuff we were going to do. Um, I think that there's one other thing that kind of bothers me is game management. 
I don't think I know that it's, it was hot and sweaty for the players um, in the, in in Marseille. Um, I don't think that Townsend used the bench well. I think that he had he really should have looked at keeping Fagerson on and Schumann on just a bit longer. I would have taken Turner off a lot earlier, actually, incidentally, conversely. Um, turns out the line wasn't actually his fault. It was just terrible calls and other things going on with it. So, you know, I personally would have had Cherry on a bit earlier because I thought t- Turner wasn't... <laughs> I felt the line was kind of his fault at first, but maybe it wasn't. So maybe I'm wrong in that, but the, the two props should have stayed on. Um, for just a little bit longer. Um, Nell, bless him, great, great scrummager. Um, but in the loose, there was a few times that the reason they got line breaks was because Nell was there, and he's just not quick enough to make anything happen. So, you know, um, I think the the management was back. I think he should have brought Cameron Redpath on earlier, and given us that a little bit more creativity in the midfield because once he brought him on, actually. I think we started to make a few meters here and there. It wasn't great. It wasn't, you know, groundbreaking stuff, but just his ability to to maybe put a step in and stuff is slightly different from Teopolotto. Um so we were a little less blunt because we had like a second playmaker right at twelve instead of relying on Kinghorn as that second playmaker. Um who was quite quiet in that department today, um, I must say. So um let's talk about the stuff that really bothered me. Um, the referee got to me today, and it's it's not a case of sitting here saying that the referee lost us the game. He did not lose us the game. Um, who knows if if he gets that decision in the first two minutes and Creel gets a red card? Who knows? We, you know we've beaten teams with red cards, um, so we don't know if they would have we would have won. But we're never going to know. My problem with it is is that World Rugby, the world over, has been really inconsistent. Now, I last night was watching the England game, and I'm no England fan, and I felt that the red card on Curry was quite harsh because I thought, well, the player's jumping forward, and fair enough, Curry's upright, but I don't think he can bail on that tackle, um, necessarily. I know that Elliot Daly's there, it's all split second decisions and we're all talking about these guys being able to make these decisions really quickly and that's fair enough, they're, that's their sport but I felt that that was quite harsh because yes he had the clear line of sight yes he was always illegal um, and yes they've decided it's a red card so it shows the, official, the officials know more than me I would I would suspect um, but I don't see how that <laughs> is worse than what Creel done, what Creel done was coming straight at someone high high level and he's coming for a tackle. If he comes in at that pace and smokes uh, Dempsey right in the in the, the rib cage or the hips, Dempsey's going backwards and South Africa are on the front foot. So actually his technique was just rubbish the world over. And that's the second time Creel's done something like that. Um but because <laughs> he, he done it against Harris uh, for the Lions, it came in high and I was told by this guy on Twitter that we shouldn't be complaining about that because that's called a pick and it's allowed in rugby. No, it's called a pick and it's allowed in American football, which it's not allowed in rugby. Um, so for, for me, that really set the tone that Gardner just wasn't interested. I mean, Richie asked him to look at it um, 
and he just refused to look at it and, and how White House couldn't have even just had a look at it and even if it was even if they decided it was a yellow card like you know or even if it was just a penalty it was still foul play and it still should have been looked at and to be honest with you I'm going to say this right out I couldn't care less if he's cited the game's gone from a, from a Scottish fan point of view I could not care less if he's cited and gets a ban just really couldn't care it, it makes it gives us it's no benefit to us now and it, what's going to happen? He'll miss the rest of the pool games. Well, whoopty do for from a Scotland point of view, he's already played, and we've not had the benefit of it. So why do I care as a Scotland fan? As a person who cares about head injuries and making the game safer and stuff, I do kind of care, but realistically, I, I, it's gone now. What, what what difference does that make to anybody? Now you know, and and that to me set the tone for the level of incompetence at certain things throughout the game, and. South Africa are very good at it. Ireland are very good at it. They know how to play the referee um, and get the referee on side. And I know that South Africans, there's a lot of South Africans who would not necessarily agree that the referees are fair to them. But that's because this kind of agenda has happened through a certain video that will not harp on about being released. Quite clearly, Gardner was favouring... South Africa, in certain aspects of the game. He had it in his mind that Scotland were cheating, basically. The one scrum of the game that went straight, guess guess what scrum that was? After that, the f- next two scrums were ran round, and why would Scotland run them round? They'd just shown they could overpower them going straight. But no, it was so-and-so doing this, and, so- and then he came up with this. And this, I think it's a scrum that annoyed me the most. He said things that just didn't make any sense. He said something about, um, you need to take the hit and hold the weight. That's not in the laws. You're not supposed to be making a hit when you engage anymore. That's gone. That's 2009 stuff. That's Adam Jones kicking Australia's ass for the Lions stuff. There is no taking the hit anymore. It is crouch, bind, set. And so you're set, and then when the ball goes in, you push. You don't push or hit before the ball goes in. It's not in the laws, so don't make them up, Gardner. And he just clearly just wanted to get on with the game, and that's fine. None of us want to sit and see scrum resets every five seconds. But it annoyed me because the <laughs> quite clearly, just before halftime, we had won a scrum dominantly going straight forward. Right, we'd won a scrum penalty and we had absolutely mullered South Africa going straight. Now I'm not saying we would have won every scrum like that because I think it was maybe a bit of an aberration, but for goodness sake, you could see the angles that were coming in from Malherb, in particular, and he still kept rewarding, <laughs> kept rewarding South Africa. Now, goodness knows what. What, what he was seeing but this is the one thing that, that like scrum penalties in rugby annoy me because as someone who's played in the scrum and I'm not like a scrum champion you know um, what Craig Manson is in the, in the Scottish rugby pod you know when people are going in at angles and stuff and you know it happens but the difference is in amateur level for some reason in amateur level we're better at keeping a scrum up and not falling down every five seconds. I don't know whether it's because we've got longer studs. You know, we don't fork out for moldies for the, 
you know, or whatever it is. But <laughs> these these guys are professional guys. They're falling all over the place. The referee is paid handsomely for for doing it, and he hasn't a clue, just no clue, um, whatsoever about what's going on. And Scotland, it was killing them. It was killing Scotland. Um, the other things that were little things that annoyed me, um, is he, he, and actually one of them, the big one for me was actually against South Africa, was he sort of spoke out of turn. So he would say like, leave it. So there was one where he said, leave it, hands away, and then we, we see pulled the ball out. Um, but he said hands away to South Africa. We see pulled the ball out and turned it over, which is fine. But and I don't think we see was necessarily legal. But why are you saying South Africa hands away, which then maybe relaxes the Scottish players, and then we see turns the ball over and you're saying play on. On the flip side, and this one was even worse, there was a, a South African player went to go for the ball, and I can't remember which prop it was um, from the game because I watched the Wales game. I watched a bit of red zone. I've taken the dogs to the park since the game. Um, and he said, balls out. The South African player comes round, <laughs> comes round the side. In my opinion, he was on side. Um, but he doesn't give him any alert. He says, balls out. To the South African player who's leaning to go and get the ball out. Go and pick the ball up. So obviously the South African player sort of going, ref, is this okay? And he says, balls out. The South African player picks up and he penalises him. And says, oh, yeah, the ball was out, but you were never onside. Why didn't you say, leave it offside? Because he was doing that with everybody else. It, it, it just he, he was inconsistent in what he was speaking to players and then giving penalties. And then, obviously, towards the end of the game, there was a line out. And our line-out was awful. It wasn't the rest fault. Our line-out was awful. But there was the line-out. And, um, and Bob Way um, clearly... Uh, and I'm, forgive, forgive me for the pronunciation of that because it, it, uh, I never seem to be able to get it right. Um, jumps into Jamie Ritchie and we, we lose the line-out and he says he's going for the ball fair play now first and foremost he's a foot shorter potentially than about a foot shorter than Jamie Ritchie he jumps across the line which is illegal he makes no attempt to play the ball so even if we're forgetting it's a line-out and you're not supposed to jump across the line Makes no plans to take the ball and hits the man in the air, which is a penalty at very least. How he could sit, see that right in front of him and say, "That's fine," I, I don't know. Like he just Gardner drove me nuts, but he wasn't the reason we lost the game. I, I, I just and it, it, the problem was that it was the the whole this whole weekend the referee's been bad um, at times. Uh, Nick Berry was fine. Chile Japan seemed like a straightforward enough game. That was fine. Um, Matt Carley tonight warns Wales after four or five infringements on their own five metre line um, and then actually misses a penalty when South Africa, it looks like Fiji have scored and uh, it becomes a, a, a dropout to Wales but Wales had been lying at the wrong side before it and he missed that but that's fair enough, sometimes refs miss stuff but then immediately gives Fiji a yellow card for a mall 10 metres away from the line. No sense. No sense whatsoever. Um, obviously, Matthew Renal will be criticised for what happened with Tom Curry. 
from what a lot of people are saying online that actually applied the laws correctly and that's all you can ask in that situation I did find it odd that Carreras wasn't a red card um, because to me Carreras again was arguably worse because that ball was away and it seemed like he jumped almost knowing that he wasn't getting the ball he just wanted to nail George Ford um, the obviously Tom Curry got a red card and as I say I think Matthew Rinald's applied the laws correctly. So if the bunker system's not working, if the bunker guy says it's not a red card, it's not his fault. Um, yeah, I just think generally from what I've seen over the weekend, the refereeing's been fairly atrocious. Um, and particularly Gardner, I thought, was just completely out of his depth. And I think part of it is, is largely because of the way he speaks. So he speaks to a player and he says one thing and then he kind of makes a different decision. He's not consistent with his use of TMOs and things. I mean, the Finn Russell shoulder-on-shoulder collision, I know a lot of people, Scots fans, won't maybe agree with this. That was full play. I actually thought he was getting a yellow card um, because there's no attempt to wrap there. And I appreciate that he's go- he said he was going for the ball. And fair enough. But he's still a shoulder, shoulder check. And you can guarantee if that was... Finn Russell going through on that ball and Kobe does the same thing. We're all kicking off wanting a yellow card. Um, fine, we got away with it. He said it was a penalty, but he, they looked at that and that was way more innocuous than, than the Creole hit. Um, which, incidentally, I saw in live time and went, how is that not a penalty? Um, <laughs> how is that not being looked at? My wife saw it and said exactly the same thing. We were both like, and she was cross-stitching at the time. She cross-stitches during the game. It helps keep her nerves down. Um, so she wasn't, she had like one eye on the game, one eye on her needle. <laughs> she, she, even she saw it. So I don't know. I just think that the Gardner thing, it gives us this out as a, Scottish, as a group of Scotland fans, doesn't it? We can say that Gardner ruined the game but we have to be realistic South Africa choked the life out of us and that's okay like it's okay to accept that we are not we were not good enough in that game against South Africa and it's okay to say we're still a good we're still a good rugby side and it's okay to say that we can still get out of the group and there's still a possibility we'll beat Ireland it's okay to say that we're fifth best team in the world because consistently and I was thinking about this earlier and I was driving the dogs around to the park Consistently, the teams that are six and below us, we have defeated, um, you know, of late. Fair enough, Wales is maybe the exception where we've had kind of a few rubbish games against Wales. But England, um, we beat them this year, beat them last year, beat them in 2021. Lost in that weird rain game in Murrayfield um, where, a, you know, the one where it was just like a monsoon and probably should never have been played. Um, Drew in 2019, after possibly the worst first half in the history of Scottish rugby, followed by the best second half in the history of Scottish rugby, um, and a clear crossing that led to their try, but again, we'll not get into that, Um, and then beat them in 2018. So we've consistently beaten England. We've consistently beaten... We've not lost to Italy since 2015. Um, You know, we've beaten all the other teams that are... Are supposedly below us um, so I, I think our rankings right we can argue about the draw in, in world rugby I think it's okay to accept that we had a bad day at the office South Africa are very good at what they do the game plan for us um, yes they're cynical I'm 
not I'm not going to beat around the bush. Their organisation is cynical. The support staff coming on to slow the game down and give messages is clearly cynical. And if Angus Gardner had the gumption, he would have penalised them, even given Scotland a free kick to send a message, stop doing that. Um, because they were clearly just not listening to him and doing whatever they wanted. Um, I love their innovation with having lights to sort of send messages to players. I think that's a great idea because it's a loud stadium. You know, it's innovative. This whole, you know, oh, should this be allowed? Well, and it's allowed until it's not allowed. And I think it's innovative. They've thought about it and they've went and, and done it. I actually don't really have a problem. I wouldn't have a problem if the managers and coaches were allowed on the sideline, like they are in football. I don't see why rugby has this draconian view that they must be in a box somewhere, miles away, talking through a radio to someone that goes on the park and delivers the message. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but we have to accept that South Africa were just a better team tonight and we weren't, as, we weren't good enough to beat them. And we squandered chances. I never normally talk ill of Darcy Graham. I still think he's one of the best wingers in the world. But he butchered a two-on-one. Uh, actually, it was kind of a three-on-one. The first dummy was fine. Second one just pops out to Duhan. Even if uh, Duhan doesn't make it, you you know he's then making more of a break. You've got them on the back foot. You've got a chance to even get the ball back. I think he made a mistake there. Um, the Jones one, if maybe if Finnus had been just a little bit more sympathetic on the pass, but then being more sympathetic that might have led to an interception or something. Appreciate we did have an advantage at the time, uh, a knock-on advantage at the time. Um, and uh, yeah, and then the the one with Kinghorn, if Price, it was totally the right idea with Price, and I'm not I'm no Price apologist. Got us the ball. Um, he could make try and make the pass, but he's got Colby in between him and um Kinghorn kicking it forward for Kinghorn to chase was the right option. If just unfortunate, he didn't quite manage to keep it in play. Um, but the pace is running. It's quite difficult to make that really accurate. And the bounce of rugby ball is unpredictable. So, um, yeah, I, we squandered our chances. We didn't take the two or three chances we got, and we had to do that in that game. Um, yeah, so next up, we're playing Tonga. Um, a couple of weeks, I'm actually going to that game in Nice. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I might do some Facebook hits and stuff and some live stuff on Twitter. I don't know. Um, the reason I didn't do a preview is I've just been a bit overwhelmed with work and various other bits and pieces. Um, but I'll be on holiday, so I'll be able to maybe do some stuff. Um, I don't see us changing much in the way of... I think we need to put a pretty strong side out against Tonga. We need to get a bonus point against Tonga um, to try and give us the best possible opportunity to get into the the knockout stages and maybe we won't um because we're playing Ireland last but we need to we can't look past Tonga I think they're capable of actually maybe even beating us because of the players they've got but I think personally I think we can beat them and I think we can get a bonus point we just need to be super focused on our task I personally would only make two or three changes to the to the back uh, to the to the lineup um personally I would keep Finn Russell um, I'd keep Ben White to start um, I would bring in Cameron Redpath at 12 um, I think I would probably keep Jones in at 13 uh, and keep the back three the same potentially maybe with a change of maybe with bringing in Kyle Steen if, if need be 
Um, the reason that I would bring in Redpath is just for that little bit extra creativity. Um, Steen maybe comes in to rest one of the other guys, but to be honest with you, the following week's against Romania, and I think we could beat Romania with a pretty second string side. So I'd probably keep the three back three and maybe have Steen on the bench as a kind of change of pace guy or whatever um, who can cover 13. Um, forwards... I'd keep the exact same starting pack almost, um, with the exception of, I think I'd bring in Crosby for this game um, to play at six, um, and maybe uh, drop Darge out to the bench um, to uh, so that we've got him for the end of the game to sort of snuff out any late fight back by Tonga. I just think Crosby has got that go forward um, that we kind of missed a little bit today um, from the sixth position, uh, I know that I feel terrible because the back row for Scotland is ridiculous, but I think I'd give Crosby that little bit of a taste of the World Cup now. Um, I think um, maybe I'm wrong in that. Maybe it should be Fagerson that comes in at six and and then Richie moves over to seven. Um, but I think we we need to we need to have a good bit of go forward. I don't think that we're going to need the ball hawks as much in this game. Um, as South Africa, I don't think we're going to be worried, you know, our ruck speed and stuff like that will come on to that. Um, the second row, I think maybe I'd bring Skinner uh, and uh, I'd bring Skinner in for either Grillchrist or Gray and give them a bit of a, maybe a bench roll or something like that. Skinner or, or, or Cummins. Um, and then on the bench, I'd keep it pretty much the same, but maybe give Sebastian the second row on. <laughs> it breaks my heart saying that, but I think Nell might need a wee bit of a rest. I think he's going to play against Ireland. Um, probably he's going to be needed on the bench against Ireland because I, I'm not sure I trust Sebastian enough. But just in case, I think you've got to give Sebastian some game time now um, rather than just Romania, who you assume that we're going to do well against. Although I watched the 2011 game with Simon Daniel. He had to score that last minute try to win for us. So I know what can happen against uh, Romania. Um, in the, uh, I personally I'd start Cherry. Sorry, that was the other the other position change I'd make. I think I'd start Cherry. I'm not sure what the deal is with Ashman. Um, if Ashman's okay, then maybe he comes on the bench. Um, my concern is uh, if Ashman's not okay, um, and he's not going to be okay for a couple another two or three weeks. As harsh as it sounds, then maybe we need to make a pragmatic call and drop him out of the squad and bring Stuart McAnally in. So you can be training properly with the squad because apparently you're banned from training with the squad. Makes no sense to me, but hey ho. Um, so uh, yeah, that's the changes I would make in the starting pack. Um, on the bench, as I say, if it's um, either Ashman or Turner, it doesn't really phase me. Um, loose head, I think I would probably keep Batty um, in this particular game. Um, as I say, I would change Sebastian for now. Um, I think on the bench, if you're dropping Richie, Gray or Gilchrist out, they should move into the second row spot. Um, I would keep, uh, I would either, I would probably move Darge to the bench, as I say, for Crosby and let Fender sort of take Fagerson out this one. Um, and then uh, Horn, presumably he's recovered from his concussion, has to come into the bench for me. Change of pace guy. Um, I think, personally, I think we've made the wrong decision 
Uh, we made the right decision not having Healy, sorry, on the bench. But I think it would be wrong to not have him against Tonga because I think he needs, again, if something goes haywire, we need him to have played against someone better than Romania. Now, I think he will play against Romania, but I think he should st- he should have some game time against Tonga if we can get far enough ahead. I also think he'd be a good closing 10 um, to tactically close the game out. And there's also the option to move Russell over to 12 and um, put, uh, put him in. Now, it's controversial because I said bring Cameron Redpath in at 12 and keep Jones. The last bench spot I would give to Kyle Steen um, on the basis that he can cover fullback if we're needing them to cover fullback um, and he can play either wing and he can play 13. Um, and as I say, Russell can move out to 12. That gives us lots of options, but I also think that Kyle Steen's got a lot in him. He's got the ability to score tries and stuff. And if Duhan and Darcy aren't finding it, then that gives us that option to bring him in um, and play uh, on the wing. If something happens to Hugh Jones, and I hope it doesn't, then gives us an option there as well. Um, yeah, I think I've talked for long enough to myself. Um, I just went on a bit of a tirade there, and I'm sorry if this has been a bit boring and me humming and hawing, um, but someone did say they were looking forward to the pod, so I thought I would do one, because if I leave it till later in the week, that sense of being overwhelmed will happen again, and I won't get it done. Um, yeah. Um, other things I would say... Uh, that I'm looking forward to in this World Cup outside of Scotland um, is I'm looking forward to see Chile playing again because I actually thought they were pretty decent um, I don't think they'll they'll win any games but I think they'll they'll be fun to watch throughout this tournament um, I one thing I'm really disappointed in I think would have been the difference in the game for Fiji Wales is that Caleb Munts has been injured um, clearly goal kicking was an issue for uh, for Fiji the um, the Anyway, I've, I've talked enough, so I'm going to bid you all a good night or good day or good afternoon whenever you're listening to this. Thanks for listening. Um, give me a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever if you can. Um, if you can't, who cares? doesn't matter. I'm going to keep pumping these out anyway. They're more for my life. They're more for my enjoyment <laughs> than anything else. Um, and uh, thanks yeah, so much for listening. And uh, yeah, the next podcast to do will probably be uh, from Nice. So, so catch you then. Cheers. <laughs>